Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. Good morning. How's everybody this morning? That's good to hear. Everybody happy to be here this morning? Say amen. amen. All right. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. You know, it's... This is a this is a weekend that we all look kind of look forward to, don't we? A lot of people look at this as the beginning of summer. A lot of people look at it as the beginning of just a new new weather plan, new thing or whatever. We've had some revelation this week. You know, we walk around telling everybody happy Memorial Day and all that mad at me now but you know reality to this is memorial day is not a joyous day is it it's not a joyous day at all it's a day that we remember the men and women that fought and died for this country tomorrow morning at seven o'clock eight o'clock seven thirty but if you're there at seven o'clock you won't be late <laughs> there's going to be a ceremony at the memorial up here in Wiley. And I know some, some of y'all might not even know there's a memorial up there. If you don't, you hadn't lived here very long. But there is a memorial up there, and uh, Miss Mary and her crew will be out there to do the flag ceremonies. You know, I would encourage you this. If you've never been to one of them, I know it's hard to get up in the morning and go do something good, Okay. None of y'all have a problem getting up and going to work at that time of the day, but it's hard to get up and go do something that's good for you. But I would encourage you to go up to that ceremony and watch that take place and then go back at noon, okay, 11.30. 11.30 and watch them raise the flag back up and listen to the, the ceremony that's given for that. And remember this, guys. Our country was based our inevitable rights to have freedom of religion, freedom of speech. Our new our governor's got us now to where we're fixing to have freedom to carry arms or whatever it is. But you know what? There's a lot of hoopla going on about that, and a lot of people griping about, well, everybody in the world's gonna be able to carry a gun. Let me tell you a secret, okay? I want y'all to listen to me real close. The people that aren't legally carrying guns now are still carrying them. And can I tell you something? Just because you have a right to do something doesn't mean you have to. Okay? And I'm going to give you an example of it. Y'all get buttercup it, okay? We have a right to carry a Bible, don't we? How many people in this country don't even have one? It's a right to do it, but they don't choose to exercise that right. And I promise you this. When all these laws pass and all this stuff goes on, and he says it's okay to do it, there's still going to be people out there that won't. There's going to be people out there that don't have a desire to shoot somebody. You know? I don't look at a gun as a tool to shoot somebody with. I look at a gun as a tool to keep somebody from shooting me. That's the way I look at it. I'm a veteran. I'm proud of that. 
And I think it's a great honor to be able to defend our country, our city, our houses, our families. It should have been a right all along. And that's probably the most political thing y'all have ever heard me say, isn't it? But we have a right to do in this country what God promised us in the beginning of this country was. The founding forefathers said that we had a right to pursue happiness. I still believe in that today. Now, I'm going to tell you all some of my age. In 1977, on February the 6th, I raised my right hand, and I swore an oath to defend this country, defend the Constitution of the United States, and to protect your rights to do whatever it is you want to do. And I'm not the only one. There's thousands of others. Luckily for me and some of us that got back from different places, I didn't get killed. But I know in my heart that there was thousands and thousands and thousands of men and women that gave their life that we could stand in this room today, sing praises to Jesus, worship God the way we choose to. And we owe them a gratitude of debt. We owe them a big debt. And I'm going to say this, and it's probably going to be politically incorrect, but get over it. The only thing I kneel to is the cross. I don't kneel to a flag. I don't believe in burning flags. I don't believe in disrespecting a flag. And I don't believe in walking on it. But I also don't believe in taking advantage of that right. I don't believe in taking advantage of this country just because I could. And I can say that's probably the most political thing I've ever talked about behind the pulpit. But every person in this room, if you've got breath in your body, I don't care what country you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what nationality you are. I don't care what you were before you become a Christian in this house of God. God doesn't judge you based on your skin color. He bases you on the color of the blood of Jesus in your life. And that's what we need to look at. I'm on. Okay. I'm on. I'm on. Let's go, Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the wonderful blessings you've given us. Father, I lift up this word to you today. Father, just give us the, the ears to hear and the eyes to see, Father. Let us learn from your words this morning. Show us where we need to be. Show us what we need to do. Watch over us, lead us, and guide us, and direct us as we go through the service this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Y'all kind of watched me walk around this morning a little bit. I'm not, I'm not sick. I don't feel bad. I'm just not myself this morning. Does that make sense? So y'all be praying. Huh? Y'all be praying for me this morning as we start this. But I want to. I just, I don't know why this is such a, a thing in my heart right now. I know why it's there. I mean, God put it there, but I don't know why this keeps coming up and keeps coming around. And I know it gets redundant, but like I say, I don't understand it any more than y'all do. So I'm looking for answers just like you are. Why do we get down in the dumps? Why do we get like this? Why do we 
Why do we question who we are? Why do we question what we are? We all do it, don't we? Am I the only one? Thank God. So I'm going to go into Romans chapter 12. It's kind of a, it's highlighted. It's got notes beside it. I've probably preached on this a thousand times in my life. But I struggled this morning trying to find what God wanted. And I just, this is where I ended up. So y'all bear with me and pray with me and just receive what God has for you this morning in this word. A lot of times I know, I know that a lot of times it sounds like we preach the same subjects over and over and over and over and over. And we do. But we're called as men of God, we are called to teach what God puts on our heart. If he don't put it there, I can't make it up. Or I could, but then I'd be like some of these other people that y'all know. And that's not me. I'm going to teach what God gives me to teach. And this morning he gave me this. You ready? And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will accept when you think of what he has done for you is this too much to ask? Think about that. We, as a people, we want to do this a lot, don't we? Y'all know what this is? Got our hand out. We're looking for something all the time. We want somebody to be giving us what we need. We want people to be giving us encouragement and love and money and food and we just we just constantly want to receive don't we can i tell you something that god says it is better to give than to receive what are we supposed to be giving what are we supposed to be giving to other people love hope encouragement Peace? No smacks in the head, Charlie. That's God's job, not yours. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit's job. <laughs> but reality is this, guys. We constantly grow ourselves to become gimme, 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 gimme. What's God going to do for me today? What's God got for me? What blessing am I going to receive today? Well, you ain't already got that, you're in trouble. <laughs> you ain't already got eternal life, you're in trouble already. But the reality to this, this whole thing is we are not a receiving body. We are a giving body. Do we want to just constantly get? You know, we talk about the cup when the cup gets full. Y'all, you ladies probably know this better than men do because they don't do dishes, okay? The cup in the sink, when you start running water in it, and it fills up to the top, what happens? It overflows. <laughs> that overflow is, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? 
Aren't we supposed to be filling ourselves up with the Word of God so much that there's no room to contain it inside of us and that it just spills out and it's uncontrollable? We can't stop it from happening. The only thing we can do is move it away from the source. Uh-oh. We don't want to do that with God, do we? So what am I trying to tell you this morning is this. You've already received everything God has for you. God has put everything you need in your life. The minute you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, all your sins died, all your fleshly stuff died, all that misery and, oh, poor me, all that should have went away. Because he filled you with the Holy Spirit, and he gave you a new life. He gave you a clean spirit, a new heart. And once he's done that, that heart is free of, oh, Lord, what's wrong with this? That heart is free. It's not bound by that sin anymore. It's not bound by lust anymore. It's not bound by persecution anymore. It's not bound by judgment anymore. You are set free, washed clean. You have a new spirit that has a clean slate that you can rewrite your life. Now, who's the author of your life? God's the author of your life, but who does the writing? Oh, I'm getting heavy here, ain't I? Who writes in your heart what you need? He puts it there if we what? Allow it. So who actually opens the door to rewrite your life? You do. But what you do in your life dictates what you receive in your life. We have to make some changes, don't we? God took away the sin. He took away all the stuff. But in order for me to receive everything he has, I have to do something that he requires me to do. And that has changed the way I think, changed the way I feel about things, changed how I feel about people. Uh-huh. <laughs> got a lot of uns on that one, didn't I? Got to quit judging people. Got to quit judging what's going on around me. I got to look at the reality of it. It's not my job, Buckwheat. My job is to fix my life. Oh, I can make excuses why I don't do it. One of the greatest excuses I've heard, and this is the, the, the best one I've ever heard. I was talking to a young man. He said, Jerry, I can't read. So I don't know what the word says. This is 2021, folks. If you can't get the word of God in your life by hearing it, you're not in the right place. God said that faith comes from hearing of the word. Where do you hear the word at? What? Churches are supposed to teach the Word of God? We're supposed to talk about the Word of God? Really? Are we supposed to add to it, take away from it, put our opinion in it? We, as a church, y'all heard what I said, we as a church, not we as preachers, me and Charlie are not the only two people in this building that should be talking about God. Uh, 
Y'all didn't like that, did you? I got one or two amens. Say it again. Me and Charlie are not the only two people in this church that need to be talking about God. Amen. That's better. We have a responsibility to teach you what the Bible says. We have a responsibility to follow the Word of God and live our lives accordingly. But are we the only ones in the room that's held to that standard? Oh, but Jared, preachers are supposed to be way above everybody else. They're not supposed to make mistakes. They're not supposed to do anything wrong. They're not supposed to have a bad day. They're not supposed to do this. Well, and that's what most Christians believe, too. Most people believe that, that pastors and preachers are above reproach, that we have no problems in our lives. And I'm going to tell you all something. It's something my grandma used to tell me. If it's good for the geese, it's good for the gander. If I got to live that standard, you better start living that standard because God don't see you as somebody else. He don't see me as Preacher J.R., Congregation Charlotte or Congregation De Diane. He doesn't see it that way. He sees every one of us as children of God. We're all equal in his eyes. Oh, yeah, me and Charlie have a lot more responsibility. And we're going to be held accountable for what we teach. We're going to be held accountable for what we share with you. And that's when people come up and, guys, I'm not grappling. I'm just saying this. It's part of the sermon. It's I get this every week. Well, why don't you preach on this? I'll preach on whatever God tells me to preach on. If God don't tell me to preach on it, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Because if it don't come from him, that means it comes from me. Ooh, I just said something strong there, didn't I? You see, I can set the standards for you if I wanted to. I could teach you things that ain't really right if I wanted to. But that's not what God would have put up with. I wouldn't have been here for 13 years doing that, would I? Oh, Jared, the church is, the church is getting low. I mean, people ain't coming. They ain't, they ain't doing what they're supposed to, you know. We got excuses for everything. We do. We have excuses for everything we do. In James, it talks about all the trials and the tribulations that we go up against. First James tells us that we are going to face trials and we're going to face tribulations. We're going to face temptations. And we're going to say, God made, God did this, God, God did, but no. Stop right there. God don't do anything that's evil. God don't do anything that's excused. God has a purpose for us. Now, where does these excuses come from? Do they come from God? You want me to tell you where they come from? Pick your feet up because it's going to hurt a little bit. It comes from inside of you, your own greed, your own lust, your own desires, your own wants, your own thinking. Everything that is evil does not come from God and let me tell you something else. The devil can't make you do nothing if you're a child of God because the devil don't have no power over you. You are the only one that can control that. 
You allow Satan in your life, he's coming in. You allow Satan into your thinking, he's coming in. You put God in your brain, you put God in your heart, you start reading the Word of God, you stand on the foundation of Christ. God is, Christ is the rock. You build on that rock. You will not fail. The wind can't blow you away. The devil can't stomp you. The, the demons can't come against you. If you've got God in your life, he cannot win against you because he's already been defeated. You won the battle. You won the war. Stop blaming the devil for your own things. Start listening to God's word. Put your foundation in Christ where it belongs. Build your life on that. God. I don't know any other way of preaching this. I know I preach this a lot. It's not about you, boo-boo. It's about God. God's work is God's work. God comes first. God comes before anything and everything in life. Oh, but, Jr. you, my daddy told me my family came first. You put your family first, leave God second. See what happens to your family. You want to know what's going to happen to your family? You're going to have division. You're going to have splits. You're going to have arguments. You're going to have hurts. You're going to have sorrows. You may even have death. Put God first. How do you do that, Jr.? It's very simple. You put God first in everything you think, everything you do. When you start to make a decision, ask God, what should I do? What should I do in this situation? And then do something really cool. Y'all ready for this part? Listen to what he said. Don't listen to what you want. Don't listen to your lust. Don't listen to your greed. Don't listen to your self-indulgence. Listen to what God says. I'm going to tell you something. If you're listening and following God, you're not going to mess up that bad. Unless you start twisting what he said. God comes first. My opinion about it is my opinion. I get up in the morning, the first thing I do when I open my eyes is I thank God I'll open. Second thing I do is thank God he let them stay open. And I get up out of bed and I start moving my day. We have to put God first. Know that God wants you to, to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will, his will really is. Does that sense make sense? Go back just a little bit and read. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but get God's transformation. You transformed you into a new person by changing the way you think that's the first sentence of that little block who changes the way you think huh charlotte heard what i said didn't you charlotte listened didn't you charlotte don't copy the behavior of 
the customs of the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How do you think? What do you think about? What is your life about? Where do you want to put God? Where do you want to put the world? What do you want to do with the things that you think about? Change what you think. And what do you need to change them to? God's way. The first impression I have when somebody makes cuts me off on the high, uh, out there on the street, somebody cuts me off in my car, my first impression is, you sorry. Mm. Dear Lord heaven, forgive me for my sin and forgive them for their stupidity. That's better than what I was going to say, ain't it? I got to change the way I think. My second impression is, you pull out in front of me, you better have good brakes. Nope, can't do that either. What about that one-handed salute that we like to give out so much? That ain't the way we should do it, is it? Should raise our hand, okay. God forgive them for what they're doing. That's what we should do. That's the way we should think. Uh huh. But what does God tell you to do? What does God tell you to do? Thank God they didn't hit you. Thank God you didn't hit them. Give praise to God for being safe. Whew. Boy, I need to learn that one. Yes, I do. I... Well, the thing about it is, guys, we got to stop thinking like the world thinks. Y'all hear me? We got to stop thinking about it the way the world thinks about stuff. If you want to follow the world, go ahead. But I'm going to tell you something: you follow that world out there, you're going to end up in hell. Oh, Jr., you just told everybody they're going to hell. Yep, I did. And probably next week, I'll tell people they'll be going to hell again too. I can say hell in church. You want to see me do it? Watch hell. God has given, I'm on verse 6 of chapter 12. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out when you have faith that God is speaking through you. If you have a gift of, rate, a gift of serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, do a good job of teaching. If your gift is to encourage others, do it. If you have money, share it generously. If God has given you the leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just, here we go. Don't just pretend that you love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong, stand on the side of the good, and take delight in honoring each other. Woo. 
I just said a whole mouthful of stuff, didn't I? You, we just got to stop doing this crazy stuff that we do. What are you good at? What has God called you to be? Are you a good servant? Are you a good teacher? Are you a good leader? What are you? God chose what you are, and he showed you what to do. Be the best at it you know how. And if you don't know how to do what he's called you to do, there's an instruction manual laying up there on my desk. There's some of, some of y'all's got it in your lap. If you want to know what you're supposed to do in your position, I guarantee you it's in that book. It tells us how to be good servants. It tells us how to be good teachers. It tells us how to be good church leaders. It tells us how to be responsible Christians. It tells us how to go out and witness to other people. God didn't send us out in this world as sheep among the wolves. Oh, I'm fixing to preach something big now. Y'all ready? God did, Jesus Christ came to this earth not to kill us, not to destroy us, not to belittle us, not to downgrade us, but to save us. Amen. And when he stepped off this earth to go back to heaven to prepare a place in heaven for us, he told the disciples, go into the upper room and stay there until I send the comforter. Mm. Do you know why he sent them to that upper room and told them to stay there till the comforter came? You really want to know why? Because without the comforter in our life, without the Holy Spirit leading us, without the Holy Spirit around us to take care of us and watch over us, we are foolish people. We are foolish sheep. We will walk off the edge of the cliff without him. That's why he told the disciples, go there and stay. Surround yourself with each other until the comforter comes. Why did he want them all together? Oh, no. Couldn't have been that. How do they benefit each other now? Hold each other responsible. Hold each other accountable. Hold each other up when your brother's down. When John was sick and hurting and down, where should the men of this church be in? Right under his armpits. As I can, watch me. Y'all see that on camera? I ain't afraid to touch and hug nobody. I had COVID. I know what COVID is. But I ain't scared of it no more today than I was before I got it. Because, see, I know COVID, and that's a little bitty C compared to the C I know. The C I know, his name is Christ. Christ will protect me. He got me well. He healed my body. Did I have to go through some stuff? Go back to James. What's first James say? You will go through you will go through some stuff, but you keep your faith in God. And he'll get you through it. All this stuff I'm reading today and all these things I'm quoting and all this stuff I'm telling you, you've heard it before. And I promise you this. You're going to hear it again. Because even though everybody in this room may have it down pat perfect, there's other people that don't, that need to hear it. And if I encourage you to go do it, and I'm doing it, and you're doing it, and everybody in the sound of our voice is doing it, what happens? We change the world. 
Are we responsible for changing the world? That's why he appointed us, isn't it? He made his disciples to go into the world and spread the what? The good news. I'm going to spread the good news for y'all right now. You know what the good news is? You do not have to die and go to hell. That's the greatest news there is, isn't there? Before you accept Christ, you're bound for hell. I didn't say it four or five times in a row now. Your life from the day you were conceived, the day you were born, until the day you were born again, you had one destination, and that's hell. Jesus told Nicodemus, you have to be born again. Nicodemus looked at him like he'd lost his mind. I'm a full-grown man. How am I going to go back in my mama's womb and be born again? Christ said, it's not that kind of born again. It's death of the flesh and birth of the new spirit. Born again means I've got a new heart. i got a new spirit. i got a second chance at life. I told Diane when this first started, I ain't feeling this today. I am now. God said, you get a second chance. My second chance was not based on what the world taught me. It's based on what Christ did for me in a little house over on William Street in Saxe, Texas in 1986. When he pulled my head up out of that toilet and said, stop it. Kill that old flesh and come to me. And I gave my life to Christ that night. Oh, you don't understand what that was like. You don't have a clue how hard that was. I don't want to come, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be around them Christian people. Them Christian people are hypocrites. They're they're mean, they're foul, they're ugly. They judge people. They talk bad about you behind your back. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be around those kind of people. And the Holy Spirit said, well, good. You better get saved and you better start living for God because you're going to spend eternity with them if you don't stop. Because them hypocrites and them people that judge and them people that think they're better than you are and all that stuff, they are not obeying the Word of God whatsoever because what this Word right here tells me, I ain't supposed to do that. I'm supposed to be loving, caring, naturing, nurturing. I'm supposed to take care of people. You folks, you folks think this has been an easy life? It ain't. Because my nature, my physical nature, you come against me, take your head off. That's my physical nature. But I had to kill that flesh. I doubt very seriously if I could punch anybody in the face if I had to. I'm being serious. I doubt if I had to do it, I could. Because it's not in me anymore. It's just not there. And I'm 63, so I'm not going to get in a fight anymore. 63, if you want to get downright technical about it. But we ain't going to get technical. Hey, I am getting old quick. But you know what? I praise God for every day he's given me. 
Because I can count about nine times I shouldn't even be standing here. I can count about ten more times besides those nine. I'm glad that God had the Holy Spirit come on me. I'm glad, I'm glad God didn't pull his grace out of my life when I was a young man. And you know what I'm really glad of? That he allowed me to tap into the gifts that he gave us. And it was his son dying on the cross for you. I'm tickled to death that I got saved. I want to share the word of God with people. That's what God called me to do. But you know what? The biggest reward I get is loving Christ with all my heart, mind, body, and soul. And knowing that my Lord Jesus is everywhere I go. And that the Holy Spirit will take me through whatever's happening. And wherever I end up, I had to make a decision. I had two decisions to make. I could either continue what I was doing and go to hell, or I could accept Christ and go to heaven. And I thought that was it until I started studying the Word of God. And I found out there's a whole lot more to it. There's a whole lot more in life than just being saved. There's a whole lot more reward in it, too. But it comes with a price. I had to kill my flesh. I had to kill my flesh and turn to a different person. I had to stop thinking like a man. I had to stop thinking about things like men don't cry. Men don't feel sorry for people. Men don't mourn death. Men are men, and they don't do these things. The strongest men I know cry like babies when something goes wrong. I get hurt. You get hurt. We cry. Because God softened that hard heart that the devil wanted us to be that way. There's a life change that takes place. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Have you sacrificed your flesh? Have you killed that fleshly person inside of you? Have you done away with those thinkings of busting somebody in the head or shooting somebody or I'm going to run this way, I'm going to run this life the way I want to? I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's not about you, boo boo. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about our relationship with God. If you put Him first, you'll come out ahead. I don't need to fight anymore. I don't need to carry guns and shoot people and all that. Now, I'm not telling you don't carry a gun because that would be hypocritical on my part, wouldn't it? I carry a gun. Not a very big one, but I carry one. But it's not there to scare people or intimidate people. It's there to protect my life with. I don't need something that sounds like a cannon going off to do that job. But I do need this. I need for every step I take and every word I speak and everything I think and everything I do to radiate the light of God. Can I tell you a secret? You do too. 
you need to be shining Jesus. When you walk into a place, people shouldn't even have to ask you if you're a Christian. They should know right away that you're a child of God. It radiates off of you when you are. I'm going to pick on Les for a minute because he's easy. Old Les, when I first met Les a few years back, pulled up in a parking lot. He had on a pair of cut-off jeans, no shirt. He was as pure. I ain't going to say it. He was pure guy, okay? Today, I trust my life to Les. I trust him with my life today. But I watched his flesh die. I watched his old ways fall off. I watched a lot of y'all grow. And I'm glad I got to see that. But I'm not satisfied yet. I'm not satisfied with just these few people. God said I was going to the world and teach the whole world. And that's what we need to do here. We need to stop worrying about ourselves and what we look like. Chuck, I am wearing a collared shirt today, by the way. <laughs> Had people on the Internet say, that man walks around with sleeveless shirts and tank tops and everything else preaching the Word of God. What's wrong with him? i tell you what's wrong with me. I ain't got no money. <laughs> I can't afford to go buy new clothes. I'm not. I don't have an airplane. I don't have a bus. I don't have a church with 25,000 people in it. I've got a church in Sac Wiley, Texas that's got about 60 people that half of them show up on Sunday and half of them don't. I've got an Internet service out there, radio stations out there that people hear the Word of God, get their lives in order. I don't have all that fancy stuff, and I'm not that fancy person. You will never see me in a $300 suit and a $500 pair of shoes. Walmart's got them on sale for $9.95. Jeans are $8. T-shirts I get free when I go to a rallies and events. What else do I need? I got one of those. I got, well, I got too many of those. But you know what? Everything I have is because God gave it to me. God don't want me being a three-piece suit, airplane flying junkie going all over the United States. He put me in Wiley, Texas, behind a wooden pulpit made out of fence pickets. And you know what? He put me in a church full of Christian people that love God. You want a place to go to come to church and feel loved? You walk in that door out there, I don't care how bad you don't want to be hugged. I don't care how bad you don't want to be loved on. I don't care how bad you don't like people. You're going to get mobbed at the door. But it's God's people loving on you. Now, I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Two questions, and then we're going to get out of here. I'm going to close. I'm going to ask two questions this morning. First question is, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting on? You need to see a miracle? Look at your screen. Look up here. You've got a miracle right here in front of you. If we could span the camera, which we can't do, we could swing the camera around this room, I could point out miracle after miracle after miracle that God is real. He is alive today. My God is not dead. My God lives. 
My Jesus is not in a tomb somewhere that you can go pay $100 to see him laying there. Matter of fact, I don't think most people even know where his tomb is. Well, even Israel people don't know where the tomb really is because it ain't there no more because he's not there. You see, my Christ rose on the third day just like he promised. He came back to life. He didn't come back in a different body or a different look. He came back just like he went out. He still had the holes in his hands and the side was still split. He was just like he was the day they put him in it, but he was alive. He was dead, and then he was alive. He was born again. He was born again, just like you can be. You can give up that old life of yours, and you can go in that tomb, and you can be resurrected into a new life. A lot of people call that baptism. I call it getting saved. Kill that old flesh. Kill that old way of life. Get a new spirit. And once you get that new spirit, don't corrupt it. Don't pollute it like you did the first one. Ooh, that's preachable. Don't pollute your new life with your old stuff. Every time you bring your old stuff back into your new life, well, worse than that. Worse than that. You're putting yourself right back in that pit of hell. Because it has to be a change of heart. Oh, you mean I got to do something when I get saved? I hope so. So if you don't know Jesus today, you never accepted Christ. And you're in the sound of my voice anywhere in this world, anywhere in this room, anywhere in this city, anywhere you're at. If you hear my voice. You need to go to God. And you need to say, God, I'm a sinner. I haven't lived my life for you. I'm lost, and I need your guidance. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you resurrected, and that you went to heaven to prepare me a place. And that one day, you're coming back for me. And we'll be together forever in the gates of heaven. I won't be your slave. I won't be your servant. I'll be your brother. Or I'll be your sister. We are equal in God's eyes. And I ask you to come into my life right now. That's amazing, isn't it? That's all it takes. So if you're in this room today and you've never asked that question, you've never, you've never asked God to come into your life, what better present, no, no better time than right now. No putting it off. Don't wait till tomorrow. Oh, this is Memorial Day weekend. I don't want to ruin my Memorial Day. <laughs> ruin your day. Get, by, get right with God. And now I'm going to talk to my Christian brothers and sisters the ones that have prayed that prayer and have asked Jesus into your life. Where are you walking today? Are you walking in the shadow of your last life? Are you walking in the light of God? If you need to, get a re if you need to relight your candle, 
or reflame that flame? Let me tell you something. There's seven ways in this church that you can do that. Five Bible studies, two church services, and a whole lot of people that will pray for you and love on you and care about you. If you're walking around Wiley, Texas, and you don't know where to go get the Word of God, let me help you. Biker Church, Wiley, Texas, 303 South Highway 78, Suite 103, 730, just about any night of the week except Monday night. You can walk in those doors and find somebody that will tell you about Jesus. If you can't find them there at 730, there's a phone number on the door. Call that phone number and tell me they ain't there because something's wrong. Again, is it God's fault? Whose fault is it that you ain't getting what you need? It's yours. It's your fault. If you're not getting trained, it's your fault. If you're not receiving the Word of God, it's your fault. If you're halfway listening to me and not listening to me at all, that's your fault. Don't blame God. And don't give the devil no credit. Because it ain't him that's keeping you from listening. It's you not listening. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to close this thing. I done said I'm closing three times now. I'm going to close this off today. and We're going to go about our day. and We're going to have a great weekend. And we're going to love God. And we're going to serve God all week long doing what we're supposed to, right? Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time we've had together. If there's anybody in my presence or anybody in the room or anybody across this land that needs to receive you, let them receive you right now. Father, encourage Christian people to live by the Word of God. It's the only thing we have, and we need to be more obedient to you. We need to be more loving toward others. We need to take care of our responsibilities. Watch out for us. Lead us, guide us, and direct us in the way that you'd have us to go. Show us what we need to do. And we give you honor. We give you praise. And we thank you so much for your son that died on the cross. I ask that you bless this place today. In Jesus' name. Everybody agreed with me say? Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.